0: The branding of your business is such an important aspect. We often see large corporates and big brands getting this wrong, doing something that really upsets their customers and creates this huge backlash in social media and and the general media space. It's really important to have a brand strategy, to enforce that throughout your business, to be consistent about how your brand is seen in the marketplace and by your customers. But not only that, by your staff internally from the little details around business cards and websites and email signatures up to our whole marketing strategy, which is actually telling the story of our brand and our business to potential customers. It's one of the most effective things you can do to ensure growth going forward. Hi, I'm Craig West. In this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're joined today by Chris Nelson, CEO and one of the founders of Juicebox, a digital agency in Perth. Chris, hi. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Branding and marketing, what exactly are they? What does that actually mean for a a mid-market business? Well, I guess with branding, the first part is
1: it's definitely not a logo. And uh, that misconception is probably why uh, the term is so misunderstood I look at branding as the communication system between a business or an entity and really how they define their personality. Uh, It can be as deep as going into their values and what they're aligned with. However, it can also be conversational as as to how they sound. So really at any touch point with a brand, uh, that is the system in play and all aspects of that need to be analyzed. In terms of marketing, I see that as the communication of value to the market. So obviously every business has a target audience and we want to appeal to that target audience. However, we need to demonstrate our value and that
0: communication piece, no matter what channel is marketing in its essence. Let's just go back to branding for a sec. You talked about values and the type of personality you want to put out into the marketplace. We see that going really badly wrong often. Like we often see stories in the media about companies, even large companies that have just really made a mess of this. Why is it such a difficult thing to get right? I think you need to be authentic
1: and a lot of people don't understand that. For example, there are a lot of large brands that have tried to associate themselves with a cause or try and become sustainable. And if you don't believe it, then you're really doing more harm than good. You know, when, when these mining companies say, oh, we're all about, uh, you know, the, the, the global climate change drama and we're, you know, implementing this practice and that practice, I don't think there's anyone that actually believes them. And they're doing it to try and impact their brand, to try and be seen in a different light. But at the end of the day, no matter what you're saying to the market and who you're communicating, if you're not authentic, uh, you, you won't get the results you're looking for.
0: So how do we go about getting that authenticity in a brand, you know, in a mid-sized business? We've probably got a couple of key founders, shareholders, CEO, key people in the business. How do we how do we get that authentic message across?
1: Well, it's very much aligned with your vision, and I think when you go about branding, firstly you have to ask yourself, who are we? Where do we sit in the market? Obviously, a boutique and bespoke brand has a certain aesthetic, certain tone of voice, a certain way it communicates. However, if you think about the good guys or JB Hi-Fi, their brands are very simplistic but very sophisticated at the same time because they are appealing to a market that wants to be told that something is going to be cheap and affordable. They want to feel like the value is coming to them at a price and therefore all of the communication, the marketing, the branding, the design reflects that but it's not to diminish the product because the product behind it might be Sony. And obviously, they have a very well-established brand. But JB Hi-Fi's value in terms of marketing, switching to marketing for a second, is that they're providing the Sony brand through their brand at a
0: really affordable price. Yeah. So, they're getting both messages across. I often look at some of those big brands. I have a son that works for Apple, and I look at what they do in terms of the way that they're branded. And it's all pervasive. It's right throughout the whole business. Everything they do, everything they say, even their staff communication is done a certain way. I think that's a good example of sort of authenticity in the brand. One of the most meticulously
1: maintained brands in the world, if not the, and uh, they've made every part of their customer experience um, consistent. Um, It has a, a wow factor to it. And you know, it's all about. I guess if you look, think back to what Jobs said way back when. It's you know, it's a, a, a device is as much about the user experience as it is how it presents itself. Uh, they've kind of applied that theory to their whole business, and I guess customer experience is a huge part of branding, and, and, is, and is worth mentioning as well. When we talk about customer experience, people you know often say, "Well, you know, I just run my business. I have processes internally, and that's how we service our clients." But if you think about just making small changes to any part of that, that's actually a reflection of your brand. It can be as simple as how somebody answers the phone. It can be the proposal template that you provide or you could go to another level and uh, as they sit down in your boardroom, you provide them a drinks menu. People then start talking about you in a certain light and, and that's really when your brand starts to show that personality and that can have uh, a, a massive impact
0: with uh, people looking at you in a positive light. So when you're talking about things like a, a drinks menu in the boardroom or the way that your phone's answered, right back to your first point, this has nothing to do with a logo. I mean, logo is obviously a very small part of it, but you're talking about right through the whole company. Correct. So I guess when people speak to us
1: about a brand, quite often they think they're going to get a logo. And there's a real aesthetical side to it, which I think I'll touch on briefly. And that is that it is a visual system. It's a system of typography. It's a color palette. It could be iconography. It could be a photographic style. Uh, as I said, tone of voice comes into it, and the way that we present that through um, social media, for example. So there's a, a lot of uh, visual. Uh, there's a lot of visual characteristics of a brand that needs to be taken into consideration. But a brand does not stop with the visual. A brand is something that should be lived within a business, and. Some people uh, define values, they have the three values that probably never get referenced in day-to-day runnings. Um, they are probably unknown to most of their employees if they put them on the spot, but really those values should symbolise the brand and who,
0: why you wake up every day and go to work. How much difference does that make from a customer's point of view? I mean, where have you seen it work really well, where branding done well actually changes the customer experience and perhaps even their buying process or experience? Well, I think a classic
1: example was a client that we worked with in the coffee space, and they found out over time that despite um, sort of being a wholesaler to the market, that their bags, their coffee bags were no longer being shown by uh, these new you know new age trendy cafes, they were actually being hidden behind the scenes. And they sort of did some research into that and they said, well, you know what is it? What, what are your, you're very proud of our product, you've been a loyal customer why are you not showcasing our packaging? And they said, look, quite simply, we think your brand is dated. So they went through a big experience with us um, defining who they are. And the, the aim was quite simple, is they wanted a brand that people were proud to show off. Uh, they wanted packaging that people would put, you know, front and centre on their counter. And that has a great impact on the consumer, who obviously then has an affiliation with the brand because they see it, uh, they relate to it, they, they, they like what they see in, in terms of it being modern. And over time, uh, obviously the cafes you know, grow even in greater affinity to this product because uh, everyone's talking about
0: it and it can have a, a game-changing effect. Yeah, it's interesting. You talked then about updating it. How often do you think people need to review and update their brand? Look, I think we know some of the most iconic brands have never changed,
1: um, Shell being the most obvious example. They don't even need to uh, state their name anymore. However, I think a brand needs to be updated when it no longer reflects who the business is, so quite often I have uh, mining or engineering companies come with a very dated brand. They can't, or they often can't even tell me where it originated from. Um, it was a designer way back when, and the, the 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 stopping point is that they're worried about what it's going to cost to rebrand trucks, machinery, signage, you know, collateral, and and I guess that is the daunting aspect of rebranding. However. What's, what's more damaging is potentially going to tender or going to market or trying to attract a talent with a dated brand, one that really doesn't reflect the quality of the company, potentially doesn't showcase the company in a progressive manner. So you have to ask yourself, yes, there's a cost with uh, overhauling your image, but what's the cost to not do so
0: and then remain sort of uh, unappealing to the market? You know, I think you and I worked recently uh, with Qantas, Qantas Business Rewards specifically, and I was really interested. I found it frustrating, to be brutally honest, um, dealing with Qantas just around how fanatical they were about the brand and how it was used. And it's a really good lesson. I mean, that experience sort of taught me to be far more careful around our brand as well. Absolutely. I think uh, you say
1: fanatical, I say professional. I think uh, those big <laughs> brands, they need to be maintained uh, to a level that, Uh, They could never risk having it misused because if uh, obviously with such a well-known brand like uh, Qantas, they need to be in control of every um, particular placement. And that comes through uh, brand guidelines, obviously, but it also comes through a really well-considered system of rules uh, that they uh, uh, apply to all channels, to all collateral, to basically anywhere the brand can be seen. And and that helps provide that consistency. And when you have a consistent brand, that's when you have the greatest impact.
0: So is it, I mean, that sounds really simple, but obviously a business like Qantas, it can't possibly be simple because they've got assets everywhere. But for mid-market businesses who probably aren't as large as Qantas, let's be honest, but we've still got lots of assets. You know, you've got business cards, you've got online presence, you've got printed media, you've got all sorts of things. And you've got people out there talking about your business and representing you. What's the best way to sort of, A, develop that brand and then B, make sure it's reinforced throughout the business?
1: Well, it often surprises me about how many businesses don't take their brand seriously. And these businesses are often quite successful, really well established. So I guess the first part of that is is, who is managing your brand? Typically, you always have an agency that manages your brand and therefore you get that consistency knowing that the same designers are releasing whatever material needs to be created under the correct guidelines and that things are being updated as new channels come into play or new placements come into play. So, if you if you are hearing this and you haven't got brand guidelines or you, your style guide hasn't been updated in three years, then that that's probably a little bit of a concern. I, I often laugh at, um, you know, when you go into a business and there's uh, six different variants of an email signature. Each, uh, each person sort of designed their own. Uh, there's no consistency there. And, and people sort of let that happen because uh, it's just, you know, it's not taken that seriously. And, and at the end of the day, it's still got the logo in there. It's still reflecting aspects of their contact details. But in the long term, the, the most professional businesses are the ones that get down
0: to the micro and make sure that everything is considered and consistent. So we've got to have a a style guide or a set of rules that say, here's the brand and here's how you've got to reflect it. And not only that, we've got to enforce it. Correct. We we can't accept people designing their own signature or changing the business card because they don't like the colour or whatever.
1: That's right. And I think when people do see brand guidelines and the holistic approach it takes, they have a greater respect for um, staying within those guidelines and you know the use of color, type, faces, etc. It it actually gives them uh, you know more freedom if they use the brand properly because they can understand well this is what the brand offers. Uh, this is what I can use to create my proposal template or my new document or my something I'm going to add to the internet, whatever it may be. These are quite simplistic examples. Uh, at least they know that the brand is uh, considered all the way to the endpoint.
0: I want to move on a little bit and talk about marketing. And I've heard you occasionally talk about storytelling as part of marketing or as, as a big part of marketing. Tell me a little bit more about that. Just expand on what that actually means to you and why that's important. Yeah, the art of storytelling is um, is one that
1: we really enjoy as a business. And I think it's come about because of the artisan era that we're in at the moment, so once you know things were mass produced and um, we accepted that, and as consumers that we probably saw some cost benefit, but now now we we sort of want our everything to be handcrafted. We want it to be boutique. We want it to be bespoke. And I guess the challenge comes in. Uh, how do you communicate that? And a lot of uh, businesses have turned to telling the story of how they produce a product or how they go about a service. They talk about the intricacies. They talk about the people and the personalities behind the brand. And I guess that comes through uh, storytelling and every business is now sort of trying to shape themselves or shape their brand with a story. And, and and often the penetration with that is much greater because people really feel closer to the product. They sort of go on the journey uh, with the brand
0: and uh, ultimately that leads to a stronger relationship with the brand. And so that storytelling about the business, how we've grown, who we've employed, why we work a particular way, just reinforces the fact that we're consistent across the ground for our target customers. Correct. I don't want to confuse a, uh, I guess
1: a brand narrative with the about page of a website, right? Yeah. The about page yeah. is potentially one of my pet hates because it's all about them and it's, it's very rarely about you know the visitor. But a brand narrative is sort of, I guess, emphasizing the why rather than the what. Most people arrive on a website or most people have an interaction with the brand with some level of education. So, they know what you do. They know what you're producing, what product you sell. Now, it's the why. Why do I want to purchase from you? Why should I pick you over a competitor? And the why can often come if you sort of buy into that journey, you buy into that story,
0: and that can be the the deciding factor. Yeah. And so, therefore, that consistency that you talked about before is really important because you don't want to you know, get a business card that's beautifully designed and it's it all perfectly matches the brand and then you get an email with a different email signature on it, for example. Correct. But I think the way you tell a story, that's where the creativity lies.
1: Because, you know, if you have a, um, let's say a law firm down the road, you, you know, they they may not know their story. They, they have, you know, they might have a, a team of six or seven and what they're trying to do is uncover potentially their point of difference. Now, going you know from a branding perspective i guess what we're talking about there is their positioning what makes them different why choose them now they might say service but we all know that that word's quite cliche it's not going to take them anywhere so what we have to do is create a story authentic story. I don't want to sound like we're fabricating something for the um, for the benefit of marketing, albeit there's many businesses out there that do that. What we're doing is trying to uh, articulate their point of difference in a creative and engaging way and take that
0: to market. On that note, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, Terra Firma. I know it's a topic dear to your heart because it's got to do with beer, but I'm interested in the branding exercise and the story behind that and what you went through there, because that's quite a good example of a, of a growing, you know, new business, but growing rapidly, and how successful the branding's been there. Yeah, well, look,
1: Terraforma was a byproduct of a long relationship we had with a really well known craft beer company in Perth, who were recently acquired by a conglomerate. And we had got quite invested into that brand identity, and we'd even created a brand narrative through video, which we were um, fortunate enough to win a gold skull for. So, I guess everyone was involved in the team was really buying into uh, this brand and and how we were appealing to consumers. Um, The next day we got told that they had sold and uh, everything changed. So we we went about starting our own craft beer brand um, and Terraforma was born. And we we knew enough about the market to understand that exclusivity was driving a lot of the craft beer demand. Being able to not get the product was actually one of the strategies that uh, we uh, were using uh, with uh, our previous client to to drive demand. So we went about creating a brand that was actually very subtle, uh, that, that was very mysterious. And whilst it's been in the launch phase, people just keep asking about it. Keep it, you know, they want to know more. They they're trying to find out any detail they can. So I guess that's a brand and marketing strategy all coming together as one
0: yeah and it's interesting to think about how business you know mid market businesses that have some of them been around for quite quite a number of years quite a number of decades some of them that haven't really got this right to think about what they need to do to rebuild that to sort of go back to basics i
1: think it just becomes having an honest conversation about where you want the business to go at the end of the day when you invest in brand strategy or when you uh, embark on a marketing campaign there has to be an objective at the, at the end of it. Most businesses are looking to grow. Um, some businesses are looking to forge themselves into other markets. Uh, a campaign might just be cross selling to existing clients, but we always have an objective. So if you're asking yourself, What's next for me? I really want to grow. I haven't seen a lot of growth, I'm not sure how to go about that, then potentially you just need to ask yourself, well, what am I doing better that's going to help me grow this business? And then you need to engage a creative partner and
0: articulate that message and story and get it out to market. And given the size of business that we're talking about here, we're not talking about two or three people, we're talking about you know businesses with 10, 20, 50, 100 people how much more difficult does that make the the problem or the the job to get it done properly? I think a lot of businesses of that size are doing it properly. I think they
1: wouldn't be in the position they are without uh, engaging an agency and doing things professionally. What I would challenge is how deep it runs within the agency. So, or sorry, within their business, because people have to buy into the brand. At the end of the day, every touch point with your brand needs to be considered and your employees are often dealing with your clients. So, a a, a brilliantly maintained brand means that everyone understands the values, everyone understands the vision and everyone understands what this business stands for and that needs to run deep. So, when people get inducted, you know, immediately they're made aware of that and and it's really, you live and breathe, you live and breathe the brand. Uh, I think when when businesses get to a certain size they can sometimes lose uh, that sort of that sort of communication with their staff and it does
0: become really just an external facing brand rather than something that's lived internally yeah and so if I come up with a brand for my business but none of my staff agree with it buy into it or get involved in that process they're highly unlikely then to go and you know use it properly and communicate using that style etc they're just going to get it wrong correct it could be just how they talk about the Company at a barbecue. You know, I always
1: ask clients if somebody asked you what you do or what your business does at a barbecue, you're obviously not going to give them a five minute, um, you know, overhaul of it all. You're just going to say something off the cuff and it's going to probably be one sentence. And if everyone is saying the same sentence, no matter where they go and to no matter who they're speaking to, then that's called a well understood
0: brand. Before we wrap things up, one last tip around branding and getting it right for mid market businesses. Uh, I think the authenticity piece is really important.
1: You know, there's no t- point trying to be boutique or position yourself in a segment of the market that's just not true to your service or your product. At the end of the day, everyone, there, there's a space for everyone, whether it be high or low, expensive or cheap. And it just needs to really be you, it needs to be your business. And often, sometimes that just comes through a collaborative discussion with key personnel or or staff as whole to ask, you know, what makes us different? And are we comfortable with how we're representing that or how we're pushing that out to market? And it's usually a great
0: launching pad for strategic discussions moving forward after that. Fantastic. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Greg. And of course, if you want more tools and information to help you with what we've just talked about, head to the Market Matters resources page at midmarketmatters.com.au.